Here they come! And welcome to episode 12 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Tim Spaulding to discuss the special effects of the very first episode of the Flash Gordon serial, The Planet of Peril. Calling Antarctica Traffic Control. Do you read me, Antarctica? Over. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello. Tim, I, kn- I know from um, many mentions uh, on various podcasts that you do that uh, uh, you're a fan of uh, film and film history. So you were the logical choice uh, to go for this earliest uh, sequence that we've done so <laughs> far, 1936. Yeah. You, unless you're going back to the time of Georges Méliès, there's not much further back than you can go for uh, special effects. Um, exactly. My first question for you, Tim, is over here, if, if, if you grew up in the 70s and it was the school holidays, you could guarantee three things were on television in the morning on BBC Two. One was mm-hmm. Laurel, Laurel and Hardy shorts. One was Charlie Chaplin shorts. And the third one was there was always Flash Gordon, these Buster Crab Flash Gordons on. Okay. Um, was it the same sort of thing with you when you were growing up? Was it on television much? It- the not so much the Flash Gordon. I mean, you you could find this stuff. You had to kind of. This is uh, this is going back. I would say pre nineteen eighty nine. Pre nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. Once back when there were local stations that had to fill out their own programming, you could find these this sort of stuff on TV. Usually, this was the kind of stuff that was on. Sunday afternoons um, or really, really early in the morning on Saturday mornings, um, this sort of stuff. Or Sunday mornings were basically Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy. Mm -hmm. Um, Sunday afternoons were um, on these stations that didn't carry sports were basically Kung Fu Theater. Um, and from time to time, if depending on the, on the different station, you could find different serials like this, but it wasn't when I grew up in the more, mostly in the eighties, it wasn't as common to see the flash Gordon and the, the serials of the thirties so much other than say three stooges and Laurel and Hardy. I gotcha. I got you. No, as I say, I mean, in in Britain in the 70s, I mean, it was a staple of, you know, weekends and school holidays, because, of course, in England at that time, you only had three channels. You had BBC One, BBC Two and ITV. That was it. You didn't have any other channels. So mm-hmm. one of them, especially if it was, as you say, a Sunday morning on BBC One, you would have songs of praise. You would have the religious programs on ITV. I don't know, a gardening program or something or other and then on bbc2 that's the stuff that uh, if you were a child you uh, honed in on yeah you, they, things like this would show up you know you, you you would see like godzilla movies there would there would be um 
some of these things would show up like after Kung Fu Theater, there would be like, you know, classic cinema. I, I can I can remember those days. Now now that everything is owned by a corporation, there's a sports on every station here now. Um, this sort of stuff has really disappeared on on US television. Hmm. Um, you can find it now, luckily on Netflix and if you have like a Roku or Apple TV, there's there's apps that show these old serials, but um, you it's it, they're very difficult to find if you're just a casual television viewer. Yeah, over here you don't you, you we haven't got satellite television. We've got this thing called Freeview. I mean, you still get a lot of channels. You get about like a hundred channels mm-hmm. um, free, but none. <clears throat> there's no specialist science fiction channel. I, I, um, there are on Sky Television, but uh, yeah, if yeah. You're flicking through the channels, there's no chance that you're gonna come across anything like this which is a shame because you know um, there are um, um, a new generation of children that don't know Flash Gordon or if they do know right. Flash Gordon it's the it's it's the Mike Hodges film from 1980 <laughs> you know yeah so and that, of, and that was when it came to Flash Gordon that was my Flash Gordon was was that one and and as a kid I I honestly when I watched that I thought that was high drama I didn't get the I didn't get the comedy that was in it. I didn't get the kitsch. To me, like when they stick when they stuck their hands in the in the rock, I I remember like being on the edge of my seat, like what's happening? Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, so but I I don't recall ever sitting down to watch this Flash Gordon. I know I've seen clips of it. Over the years, it's because it is very famous, especially the Flash Gordon conquers the uni- conquers the universe. That one's a real famous one uh, from a few years later. But this one, I don't I don't recall ever sitting down to actually watch this one. See, it's funny you should mention that because um, I've, I have all these memories, and you know there are certain memories. You know the sound of the spaceships, the spaceships. You yeah, know, uh, Ming. Um, the only DVD. Uh, set I've got is the box set of Flash Gordon Conquers the Universe, um, which I know quite well. But I thought if we're going to do, you know, the 30s Flash Gordon, let's go back to the very, very first one and watch the very first episode. And Mm. so I don't know if I've ever seen this before, but what struck me watching this uh, this first episode is this is obviously uh, the story that they borrowed the most from for the Mike Hodges film, isn't it? With the approach of the planet Mongo and everything. Yeah, the the basically his origin story. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, they they go the girls, the the princesses. You know, he, he's there with uh, with Dale. You know, in in their their version of how, yeah, just how they they went from one basically one universe to another. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that that's setting us up nicely for a clip. So, um, oh, before we go into the clip, I, I thought um, that we should rate the effect sequences as a whole for the entire episode rather than each individual one. So, um, so if we can just bear that in mind while we're while we're okay. talking about it, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and have a clip. Ghastly monsters. It's <laughs> lucky those two pets are mad at each other. <laughs> Are they dead? 
Right, so the episode starts, and this was a, a, a surprise to me watching the very first episode. I've always had it in my head that you've got the Star Wars opening scroll because everybody has said that's where George Lucas got the idea from. But it's not mm-hmm. here in this first episode, is it? No, not at all. It's it's basically a standard standard for the time. It's not a scroll. It's it's basically cards that come up. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's a bit of a surprise because I thought, oh, here we go, first Star Wars comparison, and it's not there. Yeah. Um, and but I tell you what, you say about you know it's the it's the caption cards. I tell you what, I love about this, and it's these posed shots of each actor. Yeah, know, so, yeah. And and they're not photos. They that they have to do this thing, you know that looking on it now it mm-hmm. i don't know when they started it it's it looks very silly where they've got to do a little bit of action to show that it's not a photo don't they <laughs> yeah and that was that was one thing that i noticed as i was watching it the first time I'm like oh look at that like they they easily could have just taken a photo but yeah. i i i have a feeling they they wanted they wanted the the movement yeah they wanted they wanted to feel like everything was alive even even during the credits it's so sweet. It is just so sweet. It, 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 it's a, it was a simpler time back then, wasn't it? You know, you couldn't yeah. do that now. You couldn't have the new, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling film. The, the, the new Blade Runner, you know, is not going to open with uh, Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford doing a little movement <laughs> shot, you know? <laughs> we, should, and, we, can, we can only hope. Oh, well, yeah. let's write to Ridley, shall we? <laughs> yeah, dear Ridley. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, after that, we... We, we get the shot of Earth in in space, and you know I'm a big big fan of uh, 50s B movies, and this is something I didn't realize. I don't know if it started here in the 30s, but I I love it whenever you see Earth or a planet in space, and how the stars are twinkling, and you've got billows. They're supposed to be clouds, but you, it's obviously some guy off to one side puffing on a cigar. You've got this <laughs> yeah. this smoke just drifting through space. Yeah. They, I love yeah, it. They, they have to show that they, have, they always have to show the ether. I mean, even even when you watch, I mean, that's that's a that's a trope that that went all the way up until the I would say the late seventies with the Universal logo, hmm. where it had this. I mean, not not as obvious as 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 this with the smoke coming out the side, but this idea of this 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 ether having this sort of. <laughs> shadowy thing in front of the universal logo so i think universal may have even gotten their their idea for for that from from things like this seeing seeing earth in a cinematic setting like this i mean i've I've seen it many many times but much later on i don't know if this is the i have to try and like research this and see if this is the first time it was ever used and everybody's copied it since Mm. but i'll tell you how you could explain it away it could be a visual representation of the radiation belt that you have to go. Oh through, yeah, you know no, but I doubt if it was. But no, I think <laughs> I think they. I what I honestly I don't. I, I have a feeling they weren't they weren't thinking that deeply. I have a feeling that when they were making it, they just needed something that made it more dynamic. So they're like, well, yeah. let's just put this in, and you know, for the average person watching the film, they don't they don't know what's out in space. Right. So you know, back in 1936, a lot of your average people may have thought, oh, well, there's probably like space clouds. Yeah. That well, I, I think a lot of scientists thought that as well, if we're talking like mid-30s, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
that 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 kind of like puts it in a in a context of the time it was made. You know, the 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 the, the little um, shots of the actors at the beginning. But then another one comes up, and oh blimey, this uh, this made me go out a bit. Um, you see that the world is panicking because the planet Mongo is approaching. <laughs> and yeah. did you see the telegram? Did you see what was written on that telegram? No, I I, I they I didn't get it. I didn't read. I was I was sitting about. 10 feet away from the television i couldn't fi- couldn't read what it was said what it said yeah the telegram reads arabs in frenzy <laughs> you put that changed. in a film now and you oh man i wouldn't even like think what would happen yeah well that- it, it was it was kind of funny well i mean the um uh um I'm trying to think. There, there was the Batman, the 1943 Batman serial. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, I've got it. I've, I've got, I've got them um, on video and DVD. Oh yeah, my I've got, god! There's... I've got, I've got the uncensored one um, because Channel Four back in the 80s they actually showed it uncensored. And but when it got a videotape release, they cut a lot of the. Uh, referencing out and yeah some of that stuff now oh boy you know? <laughs> the the one thing that the one thing that that jumps out if we're going to talk non-pc in a in a um a, a serial is there <clears throat> there in the in the batman one they were like here we are in little japan little japan town or whatever whatever it was little japan town where the the residents are rightly so often their internment camps i'm like oh yeah, i know <laughs> It I mean, is. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, oh man. You 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 have to look at it in its cultural setting. Yes. It, uh, so many of them make for very very uncomfortable viewing now. <laughs> Even I mean I don't I, I don't know what it was like in America, uh, but in the 70s I, I I grew up reading comics and British boys comics throughout the 60s and 70s was all war. All war comics. It, it was either football or it was war. Okay, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a massive comic collector of that time, and I buy them now and I read them back. And some of the, some of the uh, terms for certain <laughs> races, it's like good grief. And like six and seven year olds were reading this, you know. <laughs> now I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a racial slur here, mm-hmm. uh, just in in demonstration. I mean, this is going back to the '60s. Uh, there, uh, there was a um, an Aquaman, an Aquaman cartoon that was shown here in the United States and was released as a super superpowers video cassette in the early '80s. I want to say or late. Oh, I late. remember them. I've got I've got the Superboy one. I've got a Superboy. It was yeah. the big box videos, weren't they? Yeah, and and I and it was Aquaman versus Lex Luthor for some reason. And Lex Luthor had created these like moon beings or these these sun beings and he he and this is where i'm going to say the 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 slur but he he sends he sends uh, them after aquaman and he says get them your glowing gooks mm. and i and i just <laughs> the first time i saw it i was rolling laughing at it a because it was it it, it hits you like oh my gosh like but yeah. in in the 60s it probably the, the the word probably didn't have this. Well, I think it may have had the same meaning, but right. it didn't hit you the same way. But now it's just it's it's so you're like, oh, my God, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's the kind of shock that you don't expect to get while watching an Aquaman cartoon. Um, no, 
So. You would have thought, yeah, you would have thought that would have been safe, wouldn't you? Especially Aquaman. I mean, he's <laughs> he, he's not the most serious or uh, realistic of superheroes. Yeah. Is he? So yeah, when when you watch when you watch these old when you watch these old um, serials, you do you do get kind of a little snapshot of what a, a the mindset of the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I, so I do like that that kind of stuff. Yeah, we had uh, I, we had a recording last night, and we uh, discussed the sequence from uh, Forbidden Planet. Yeah. And uh, you know, as fantastic as a film that is, the rampant sexism in that is 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 something to behold. <laughs> it really, it really I, is. I, I remember seeing Forbidden Planet on an IMAX screen at the Smithsonian um, Air and Space Museum around Christmas ninety around Christmas year two thousand. Yeah, something like that. It was. <laughs> I remember going to that. Uh, anyway, yeah, man, I'm yeah, that one, that one's good. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a, it's a snapshot of the. So uh, I mean, you don't want to say the social norms, but it's really what they were—the social norms. They, that, were. The, they the, were the the different the the different ways that society, maybe not in general, but what society basically allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And and that carries over also into special effects, because, you know, when when you get to the rating of things that are this old, you have to look at it in time in, in the case of the context, the time period it was made, how that would have been you, you, perceived back then, as well as how how much it holds up now, you see, yeah. which which. You know, if if we're doing you know something from Star Wars or Return of the Jedi, that that's pretty easy to give a rating. But when we're going this far back, uh, um, that allowance has to come in, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we've we found out the world is panicking, and we cut to uh, Flash Gordon. There he is on his plane with Dale, and the plane's in trouble. Um, and again, a fantastic line where I don't know if it's the captain coming out of the uh, cabin and he says, uh, you can bail out if you wish. The parachutes are over there and it's up to the people to decide whether they're actually going to jump out the plane or not. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, that was a, another thing. And everybody just seems to get up and there's no no one's frozen with fear. No, there's you no know, panic. It seems, like, it seems like everybody in the 30s knows how to parachute. Um, <laughs> and I oh, guess... Dear. I guess they were one shoot short, if if I if if I interpret it correctly, because it looked yeah. like Flash was looking for a shoot, he couldn't find one, and then he grabs onto Dale and pushes, yeah. <laughs> literally pushes her out yeah. the window and holds onto the holds onto her shoot. Yeah, so there we are. Anyway, they they parachute shoot down and uh, uh, they stumble across uh, Zarkov's spaceship. Uh, yeah. now that this is a surprise considering that that's an Earthman spaceship and the planet mongo hasn't arrived yet it's quite striking how similar that ship looks compared to all the other ships that we're going to see and that i remember from these serials of yeah. being mongo ships zarkov has made a mongo ship when he's ever <laughs> never actually been to mongo yeah it, it's it it sort of made me think like he maybe had some kind of not extra knowledge but no it it nothing was revealed in the in the movie to make you think that he has come in contact with these things yeah i i think there might actually be a a, a practical reason and and you know and that they're making a serial i don't i don't know how much they were thinking oh this doesn't make sense you know i think it might be a practicality because when it does take off 
you know, he, he's got this line of tubes going all the way round the spaceship. And when the ship does take off, it looks like there's like a firework in each tube. So I think it might be a practical thing that you need these tubes to put the fireworks in. So you have the, 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 the spluttering flame thing coming out of each mm-hmm. one of them. You know, it might be as simple as that. And they thought, oh, nobody will notice. You know? oh, again, that I, I have a feeling that's probably what they're thinking. And they were probably basing their designs on things that were in the comic. They were probably basing their designs on, on other uh, pulp um, covers of the of the era. So, well, um, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves to behind the scenes, but I actually <laughs> looked into this and I and, and I checked out the the classic Alex Raymond's original um, um, strips. And no, that th- th- this uh, band of tubes on the ships doesn't appear anywhere in the Alex mm. Raymond strips. They they look very similar. They are your traditional, you know well, rather phallic, uh, shapes <laughs> with some fins on. Um, okay. but, but no, 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 no banding of, of tubes. So I, mm. I, I think it, right. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm going to stop there because that's going to go <laughs> okay. too much in behind the scenes, yeah. but there is a, there is another reason. We'll come to that in behind the scenes. Okay. Right. Um, so the ship, the ship takes off while these not very convincing meteors start falling. <laughs> yeah. They're they, basically just little, little sparkles. They look like somebody's dropping like, you know, like like a lump of coal wrapped in cotton wool, which is on fire. And they just like <laughs> dropping them onto the floor, you know, and maybe that's yeah. what it was. Maybe it was as simple as that. It probably. Yeah, it may have. They may have just taken something, dipped it in rubbing alcohol, put a little bit of uh, what is it, saltpeter, the yeah, gunpowder yeah. and just, you know, lit it on Let fire it and tossed it. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we get inside the ship, and I, I love again. I, I love the Flash Gordon serials. I love the Flash Gordon uh, comic strips, and I love the simplicity of the fact that the interior is tiny. There's nowhere to sit down. They haven't got any windows. You can only see directly ahead, and that's through a blooming periscope. <laughs> so I and don't. The, and I the don't... pilot. And the pilot doesn't even have the periscope to look at. No, no. He has to ask, uh, he has to ask the other guy, even though there's only one seat, and this is set. I'm, I'm assuming to be manned by just one person, mm. it makes no sense to have the periscope four feet away. Do you think <laughs> uh, th- th- this thought's only just occurred to me? The fact that there's a periscope, there's no windows, you've got the controls up front. They're not basing this on the interior of a submarine, do you think? That's probably. I would think that that's that's probably what they're thinking. And, and again, I didn't really think about that, but. That's probably what they were. They were thinking, okay, well, this is this is like the equivalent of a U-boat mm. going into space. Space is a huge ocean. This is submerging itself into space, rather than this being a plane that goes into space. This is a yeah. a, 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 na- a naval vessel going into space. It could be something even simpler than that. Is in that you know, general thinking in the thirties might be that you cannot send a spaceship into space with windows because you know they would explode. You can't make mm. glass, you know, tough enough to actually withstand going into space. So you won't have windows. Maybe that was the thinking back then. You never know. It, it, it may have been. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the ship takes off, and I love the sound effect of this. It it sounds like there's just a load of firecrackers going on. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It really does. Yeah, excellent. Um, and away it goes, and away it goes to Mongo, and uh, it starts circling the landing area when it gets to Mongo, which looks great. That landing area is obviously some sort of tabletop miniature. Uh, yeah. 
with a painting of the city in the background. I'm guessing that's a painting on a backdrop. Um, it's some some sort of yeah, some sort of matte painting. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of uh, Wizard of Oz. The it, it's got a fuzziness to it, a haziness to it, to you know suggest distance. And I think they did that a bit in the Wizard of Oz as well with some of the matte paintings there. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I have a feeling just based on 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 looking at this, and I, again, I don't know, but it it sort of felt like um, they were. Uh, oh, and I'm a Star Wars expert, and why did I blank on? <laughs> uh, oh, Geonosis. It it felt a little like Geonosis from Episode Two. There was yeah, the, with yeah, this, yeah. these large You've got these towering structure things, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, and and I remember just thinking that to myself, like that's that's like Star Wars right there, and yeah. and Lucas may have because I mean we know George Lucas is a big fan of of these serials. He may have used those to instruct um, Eric Tiemens, who was the the uh, the guy who sort of conceptualized the look of. Geonosis, or, or Eric Tiemens may have used Flash Gordon as a mm. as his reference. Right, he may not have even been instructed to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, could be, couldn't it? Could be. Anyway, we we, we see our first monsters, and oh dear, um, it, it it it's the um, yeah, it's the real lizards with fake spikes stuck on. Yeah. Um, but and I was thinking about this. I wonder if this is the first time they'd ever done it. You know, actually used real animals with added bits. Because I know later on it becomes quite a standard for ra- rather cheaper, you know, monster, you know, fantasy films in in, in the 40s, 50s and mm-hmm. 60s. But I w- I'm wondering if was this the first time it was done? Well, I think this is one of the earliest commercial science fiction films. I can't I can't think of other uh, films that would have necessitated this. So this probably, if it's not the first example, it's def, I would say it's definitely probably in the first five examples. Yeah. But it's gotta be, hasn't it? But more than likely, this is the first time it was seen on a, on a wide scale. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is 36 in 33. You had King Kong, which did have creatures in it, but that was Willis O'Brien and his stop motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, creations and then in 1926 you had the lost world which again was willis o'brien but that was stop motion as well i i can't think of anything before this that might have used uh this way of doing things and yeah and and with lizards uh, I, we I, again when i when i think back to the 30s i think it's a, a much simpler time and i think people were a little less worldly people may not have had as easily uh, access to see a lizard in person, yeah, perhaps, yeah. especially in middle America. Uh, you know, if you're if you're living in Minnesota or Chicago, yeah. uh, unless you unless you go to the zoo, I, I don't think there are too many pet stores yeah. that are selling selling exotic animals like this. Yeah, because of course this is pre television as well. Yeah. So unless, as you say, unless you go to a zoo or you read a book, you wouldn't never have seen it up on the big screen. So you know, you don't know that that's a real lizard you might actually yeah. believe that that is a monster um but no they're not convincing now are they that they haven't slowed them down i mean you know later on where you got you know in the 50s and 60s they'd learned that if you actually um you, you know slow it down it makes them look like they've got more mass than they actually have but here it's just a bunch of lizards running around 
I never understood that concept of to show something huge. They move so slowly. I, I mean, I, 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 I feel that way when I see things like, like, oh, it's, it's moving slow. It must be gigantic. But I never, I never understood why, how we've been conditioned to, to feel that way. Even more recently watching uh, Captain America Civil War and when Ant-Man turns to giant man, he moves slowly. It's like, oh, oh. And I never understood, like, why is he moving slowly? It's like, he's, he's bigger. He can, he, he should be able to move at a, at a comparable yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I never. No, I, I, but but it it is it is how we see things. If 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 something is gigantic, like in, in Ghostbusters two, when the Statue when of Liberty, the, the Statue of Liberty walks, she yeah. walks ridiculously slow. I think um, it. I think it's a case. Maybe maybe they started off with you know. Well, if it's big, it an elephant is big, and an elephant doesn't move very fast. So so let's let's do that. And then you have things like you know Jason the Argonauts, Ray Harryhausen. Um, you know he did Talos, the, uh, the 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 giant iron statue moving yeah. very slowly. And maybe it just went into special effects bods brains that you know if you've got something big, it must be you know must move slow. Yeah. I, know, I, I know I know Derek Meddins and his special effects teams uh, working on the Jerry Anderson shows. They they did it on vehicles. If you wanted a vehicle um, to look like it's real, you had to slow it down because otherwise it looks like a toy being trundled along a road <laughs> on a bit of fishing wire, which it was. So yeah. if you slowed it down, you get more of a sense of the weight of the thing. But with an animal, yeah, it's not it, it it's not really necessary, is it? No, and and with these, and they and they didn't slow these guys down in this, in this one, and no. and it it and, and as 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 you were saying, uh, yeah, you, if you slow it down, it it makes it feel like it has weight to it. But when I when you see them move as quickly as they do, mm. it all it's it immediately rings a little false, and you would see their the the rubber on their um the fins sort of. Wobbly. swaying a little bit and uh, yeah and so yeah you, you you get that and and our modern eyes pick that up we just look at it and we say hey, mm. but uh in the back then you you've never seen anything like this it's you don't know it could be a case that uh, children and people were screaming they might have found found this genuinely yeah. Scary, you know, because we're completely so far removed from it. It's, it's like the um, the train coming into a station, you know, from what eighteen ninety nine or whatever, yeah. where people actually fled the thing because they thought the train was going to come out the screen. The it's, Edison, it's yeah, there's the Edison, yeah, yeah, there's that one and the the gunfighter who points the gun at the yes. screen and fires. Yes, there, so if, if you if you ever if you ever go to um, Edison, New Jersey, to go to um, uh, Thomas Edison's laboratory. They have a whole uh, room s- dedicated to his films, and they, they you can sit there and watch the train and the and the gunfighter, and they have all that stuff set up there at, at that at the, at, at his uh, museum. There, it's pretty cool. See, I'd love to go there. I, I do remember I put a, po- a photo up on Pass the Popcorn on the Facebook page about you know the Edison. Uh, early uh, sets where they had to do, put him up on the roof because yeah, they needed there was, the sunlight, you know? I love that one, era. Yeah, there was the one, um, yeah, and you had posted one in Philadelphia, and uh, and That's I right, said to myself, yeah. I should go and try to find that area, but that area is not a, 
area of Philadelphia. Yeah, you, you said it's a bit dodgy. It. It's a bit dodgy now. It's more, more than more than a bit. More than a bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's Fair that's enough. an area you, day or night you don't really want to go into unless okay. you have a okay. really good reason. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the ship lands, and again, it's another ouch one these days. Maybe it was convincing them, but it's very obviously plonked down on wires. It just like settles down. Well, I like um, I like how they they sort of make note. She says we're going too fast, and then he's like, "All right, we'll slow down," and <laughs> and you sort of see it come in, and then yeah, that it's just sort of it it does it, it, it. The momentum is still there, but it just sort of stops on the dime. It's like, Boop. yeah, oh dear, simpler times as we keep saying, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we next see two of the lizards getting near to the ship. And I, I like that shot because it gives you an idea of roughly the scale of the ship. If you see the lizards and you work out roughly how big that lizard is, you can work out roughly how big that ship. I reckon it's about a foot long, that model, I reckon. Um, anyway, we, we, we cut to uh, Dale and Sarkov and uh, Flash getting out. Um, and we see a better shot of the city. Um, and when I see that, I don't know. I don't know if it's a miniature or if it is a painting. Um, it's hard to tell. There, there is a haziness to it. You know? I, have a, I, I have a feeling it's it's probably a a matte painting on loose canvas. Like right. it, it may not it may not be stretched. It might just be they they got someone in to do a real quick uh, paint, painting. As I said, on 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 loose canvas and sort of draped it back mm. there and that that may that that may be what what happened there it's it doesn't it's it's not as precise as as some matte paintings that you've that we've come to know mm. but it 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 just it doesn't it doesn't strike me as something that would that would have been built it 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 looks to yeah. me like something that was hastily painted over the course of a couple hours on on a on canvas yeah i i think you're right i think you're right um Right, then we get the monsters start to, well, in inverted commas, attack each other um, through a whole series of quick cuts and close-ups. And this is, the, this, this is the bit that I find very uncomfortable. And again, it is a product of its time. But the treatment of animals <laughs> in films and <laughs> yeah. film series, it, it, it's painfully obvious that um, they're being pushed together. And at one point, one of them actually flips up in the air and down. And you just know some guy's got his tail and he's like lifted it up and thrown him back down again. Yeah. Mm. There's there's that there's that extreme close up where you just see their two heads slam together, <laughs> and so yeah, you can tell that you can tell that someone is off to the side picking the one up and going, you know, like like a like 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 a little kid, you know, with a hammer or some or or like a little kid with two toy dinosaurs going bang 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 bang, you're yeah, dead, man. and that's kind of what it was, yeah. And with the tail, you could tell that someone had pulled it and just like yanked the guy up to to yeah. give it a little little movement. See, that's uncomfortable to watch. I mean, they, 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 again, they've tried disguise, and we've got sound effects of the creatures. And every so often, you that at one point you see Dale superimposed in it, which is yeah. you know early early days of uh, of such an effect. But yeah, I, I've just found that quite uncomfortable to watch uh, <laughs> now. You know, uh, but then we see Ming's ship, which comes in, and uh, that this is the thing that there's Charles Middleton uh, as Ming, and there is. Buster Crab as Flash Gordon, and then there is this sound, this electrical sound, this classic electrical sound that the the ships make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love them. Uh, the, the ship shoots the monsters, and that looks like a real explosion as well. Do you think they actually, yeah. you know, set an explosion off next to these poor lizards? 
They probably did. They probably put a, a, a tiny flash pot hmm. near it and set it off. Uh, so I, I, you know, they probably. Uh, who knows what? You know. Oh, we burned a lizard. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Just put you it do out get the, the feeling they did that, that they didn't last it, did they? <laughs> you know, either of yeah. them. They're being bashed well, together was, like think, symbols, and then this. I couldn't tell. Was there was there two or were there a total of three lizards? I thought I I'd seen three. three. And the two it's fight, a, and then the one just goes away. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah, I don't blame him. The one who went away. <laughs> it's you know? like, listen, I'm not getting burned here. They're putting a little flash yeah. pot here. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'm off ski. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mongo's ship lands, and uh, uh, the bad guys get out. I cracked up the the the, the guard outfits when they get out. They're and they're unfortunate. That yeah. That, that poor helmets. guy with the saddlebags. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the helmets. You know what the helmets look like? They're so basic. They remind me of the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was I was thinking that, and I was I was thinking I was thinking Ned Kelly, also. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was a little bit a little bit of both for when I when I saw those. Oh, I yeah. saw the the poor the the poor guy looked like something out of an old the 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 guy all in silver he looked like yeah. he could have been from oz he looked embarrassed didn't he i would be embarrassed because his oh, face is visible you can people will recognize him in that outfit the two yeah. guys who look like the black knight they're all right nobody knows who they are you know but that that poor guy was because he he was he was just a little too husky yeah <laughs> to <laughs> and when he's getting in and out you just see his I mean, he probably he probably was when you would see him in normal clothes, probably looked fine. It's just that that was just such an unforgiving costume that it just made his legs look. Yeah. Yeah. Poor yeah, guy. Not good. Not good. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of really. That's the end of the effects for it. I, I just wanted to mention one thing, uh, which is when they get to uh, uh, Ming's palace uh, and we first see Charles Middleton. I've always got this mental image of my head of him wearing you know the 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 cap on his head the black shiny cap on his head thing you know like nicole williamson yeah. had in excalibur this this shiny metallic dome on his head but here he's not wearing one and it is so i, I don't know if it's a case that i'm just watching on a on a big tv um he so obviously has got a bald cap on it's quite jarring yeah. but and he's yeah, I'm looking at some of the other the other photos of him, and <laughs> later on he looks great because he's wearing something on his head. But here, yeah, yeah, it's not good. It looks it almost looks like a bathing cap. He's put a bathing cap cap on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, but yeah, it's yeah. He kind of he kind of needs something a little a little more than just uh, than just the bald head. Yeah, they're they're and I and I I, I have a feeling that they after filming this they sort of realize you know we do we do need something more so the, the latter films yeah. yeah that looked crap we got to do something about it yeah. <laughs> i when when they when they first go into his um palace again they show you this this grand shot uh and i i kept thinking oh he uh he um uh again it, 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 it looked like uh, a, a large mat painting to me whenever yeah. i see large things like that, i always immediately think it's a matte painting that's being either they're superimposed or rear projected and um but then you see 
Flash walking up the steps. So it made me think they actually built this gigantic set and they 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 really washed it out with light. It was super bright because mm-hmm. rather than because they couldn't get the spotlights and the so they had to for the dynamic lighting they just had to flood it the whole set. God, that must have been hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Middleton's uh, headpiece is starting to melt. Yeah, you know, I Can you imagine I'm, the sweat under there. Yeah, no idea. I'm looking here. I'm on Charles Middleton's uh, uh, IMDb page, and what's funny is he's <clears throat> well, I'm not funny, but what's interesting is he was born in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And this uh-huh. past weekend, I was just up in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. I oh, spent really? the night there. It's near Louisville. It's it's about it's about ninety minutes, uh, maybe yeah, about ninety ninety minutes to two hours north of of where I live. And I and I was like, oh, I was just in Elizabethtown. I guess there's no blue plaque there or anything like that to say this is the home of uh, Charles Middleton. No, I, I I would I would be interested in. Uh, I would be interested in, in finding out where he's buried and maybe he's, maybe he's buried in Elizabeth. I, I, some of I, these uh, actors. He, he, he was great. And he, he really, you know, he is like Ming brought to life on the page. And I, I, I like him as an actor. Um, we mentioned Lauren Hardy a few times back there. there there's a classic, uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a classic Lauren Hardy short where uh, he, he's a uh, he's a painter. Charles Middleton is a painter who thinks Ollie is having an affair with his wife and challenges him to a duel. That's uh, a classic. That's a classic Lauren Hardy. That one. I love him in that one as well. You know. So anyway, uh, by, by the way, he, he is he is buried in uh, Los Angeles at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that that that's basically the sequence. So uh, yeah. we can go into the behind the scenes. Um, as I said. This is the story that the, really the 80s film um, drew much of its inspiration from. Um, and something I didn't realize, I thought, you know, this is the very first episode of this, you know, brand new serial. They've chucked loads of money at it. As you say, you know, yeah. the, the, that, that shot looks really good. I, I wasn't aware of just how much stuff was reused from other films for this. Okay. I saw some of this on, on Wikipedia. Uh, basically, they used... Anything they had lying around from Universal Monster movies, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the props in his palace uh, from Frankenstein. The, the the big god statue is from The Mummy. Um, the uh, Zarkov's uh, laboratory was from The Invisible Ray. You've got all these, you know, um, things that they pinched from... Um, other things, you know, mm-hmm. and musically as well. I, I, I wasn't aware. I mean, so, some of the music comes from Bride of Frankenstein. Some of it comes from the Black Cat and some of it comes from the Invisible Man. I've never noticed that. I'm a big fan of Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, but I've, I, I've, I've never thought, oh, I've heard this before or that's from that, you know. Yeah. Weird. It's but, I, I mean, I, when that that would go way past me in terms of music, because I, I, I think. I'm not I'm not as schooled in in some of those films and and probably wouldn't recognize their music uh, if I was to hear it isolated. I, I I would have some most of those I would have a hard time uh, pinpointing. So if they were to reuse it, which they did, I wouldn't have noticed. And and uh, and as back then, I don't think most people would have noticed uh, re- the reuse. Okay. The thing that I've I, I've found most surprising um, is that uh, Zarkov's rocket ship 
uh, it wasn't an original design. It was hmm. actually from a film, another science fiction film from a few years before called Just Imagine, which I've never seen and I've never heard of before. But I looked into it and sure enough, his spaceship comes from this film called Just Imagine. Huh. Um, and as I say, um, it's not based on Alex Raymond's version um, because his was smooth and sleek with fins. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about Flesh Gordon here? <laughs> when we're talking about smooth and sleek ones with it no 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 flesh gordon yeah no let's keep this a pg rating yes. shall we yeah um and the last bit of info i've got is um i i guess you know all about this place uh bronson canyon do you know bronson canyon bronson canyon that's probably somewhere in a, near california i would think yeah it, but, it's uh, that in this sequence, it's where they land. It stands in for Mong- Mongo, where they land. But uh, looking through, I, I, I typed in Bronson Canyon, and it's in a ton of stuff. It, it, it was in films before this. and uh, Oh, um, I, I, yeah. Have you got it? Here have I am just looking, just looking here on Wikipedia. It's a partial list, and I'm seeing... You've got uh, yeah. Batman, the TV series from yeah. the 60s. Uh, Star Trek VI was filmed there. Army of Darkness was filmed there. The Scorpion King was filmed there. And most recently, science fiction-wise, uh, John Carter was filmed there. Okay. Now, I would love to see somewhere where and there's like a location. Flash Gordon apparently was, was filmed there. Well, there you go. I want to know just where in Bronson Canyon each one of these was filmed and go and visit it. I really would. Well, there's a there's a picture here. This this east portal, okay, looks like. Well, I mean, I guess I guess there's a bunch of rocks that that could look just like this. I'm just looking right here at this at this this first page on Wikipedia, and uh, yeah, they, I mean that that looks like a, a rock formation that she could have been. That actually looks like the rock formation that when the doctor falls. When they're running away, yes. it sort yeah. of looks like that. But again, it's it, it, it that could very well have been something else. It would be uh, brilliant if, if if this serial finally got like a Blu-ray release and one of the extras is a return to Bronson Canyon and they line it up. They do this very much on Doctor Who uh, DVDs, you know, uh, um, uh, the Doctor Who's from the 70s and the 80s, where they, they will return to a location and they will film it and then there will be a wipe to what it looked like in the TV show and then what it looks like now. So you can go and visit these places. It'd be yeah. brilliant if they actually did this on a Blu-ray of this uh, serial, you know. It says this is this is part of Griffith Park, which is... Is that where Vaz, is it Vasquez Rocks that you know that classic one that they used in Star Trek all the time? Uh, you're talking is about that, the, is the, that the same pointy that pointy yeah that pointy rock thing yeah no I don't think that's here. I, I this this looks like it says Bronson Canyon and then it says as part of the Griffith Park, which is <clears throat> uh, the. Uh, municipal park in the LA area the, where the observatory is where you know um oh i've heard of the griffith uh, universe uh, rebel without a cause and the terminator uh were, yeah. were filmed and so this apparently is very close to that so w- when when uh when we went to LA a couple of years ago we went up to the observatory so we were very close to this area yeah so the terminator arrived near where flash gordon once was yeah, actually, what's wow. what's funny is is uh, it was Chris, Chris, myself, Lou, um, and and uh, Jeff McGee went up 
to Hollywood on the last day of the celebration of Anaheim. And Lou brought us up here, <clears throat> and we were walking right by the area that the Terminator came. Well, where he meets Chris, Bill Paxton. Yeah, huh? yeah, where the, with, with, yeah, with the punks. <laughs> and Chris was going nuts. He was. I bet he was. <laughs> he was. He was. He didn't. He didn't realize that that's where we were, and he recognized it, and he went nuts. He, he thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And then shortly after we came back, I watched Terminator, and I was like, <gasps> "There it is." <laughs> yeah, it it, it really it, Griffith Park Observatory, and we got there right as it was closing, so we couldn't go in. So it was it, that was something else. But yeah, apparently it's it's this this filming location is in the okay. general area of all right. That okay, that's a that's <laughs> aside aside. Yeah, no, no, another another place to add to my list. I think yeah. there. Okay, <laughs> all right. With with that done, we we've got to go on to a rating now tim so uh can you go first just uh um the rating thing here is 10 is the best one is the worst where 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 do you think this would go for you well i mean this was relatively uncharted uncharted territory you had the the melier uh films which was the template and um and that that was those were what about 30 years before this well some of them are more 40 years yeah 40 years. yeah 1896 yeah he was doing stuff then but the chance of a, of a lot of those french films making it to the united states at that time are is probably light hmm. so these guys and 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 i nice ed keys is the is the effects guy um who actually who actually didn't do that much in terms of effects he basically did Flash Gordon and a couple of serials basically for four years. And then he became a prop master. Right. Um, so he, they were, they, they, they were working without, without a manual. So their, their creativity I think is great. So you get high marks on that. Um, but our modern eyes, uh, will find, will find, flaws in it it's even there, there's a lot of films like that even let's take jurassic park the first jurassic mm-hmm. park as fantastic as that film is and as sucked in as you were um you you today you can still pick out flaws because the technology isn't what it, our eyes are now used to no it's advanced even more has it yeah and am i am i rating this on 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 how on how they they would have been then, or am I rating them on on how we view them today? It's a mix of both. It's a, it's a case of thinking about how they you know their their, their significance yeah. at that time and 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 their uh, just how effective they were now compared to now looking back on it. You know, it's a difficult one when when you're yeah. going back as far as this. So I I mean as. I, I would say most people going to see this probably hadn't seen things like this unless that they, unless they were really into film and had managed to see things like Metropolis or, or some of those, the, uh, the Melier films. Um, so I think a lot of people probably were really sucked in and, and apparently this film was very, very popular. Yeah. Uh, the, the serial was very popular. So, I think back then, 
people were sucked in. I, th- I think I think I, w- I would have to give it like an eight or a nine for the time period because it's creative. Uh, people hadn't seen anything like it. They didn't. They don't know what another planet looks like. So they're they're. I'll, I'll say ignorance in quotes, and I don't say that. I don't mean ignorance in a in a mm. in a negative term, but their ignorance of of the of how the universe is or would be um, is limited. So I, I, I would I, back then I would get probably give it about an eight or a nine. Uh, can, can I nail nail you down eight nine eight and a half? Eight, yeah, we'll say we'll 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 just yeah we'll say eight and a half. Eight and a half. But okay. over over the years, obviously, you know, our modern eyes. But there are there are times even today that you'll still see um, things that use the the same concept. So this movie is eighty years old, eighty one years old, and we're still using some of those same concepts. So for if if I was rated on today. Just based on a, a on creativity and b on on concepts, um, probably I'd probably give it a five or a six, honestly. Mm. Mm. Okay, but you're going with an eight and a half. Uh, I'm going uh, eight, eight. I'm in by in 1936, 1937. I so, I, so yeah. the, the 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 you know the 1933U would have given it an eight and a half. Yeah. The the modern U gives it a what? The modern, I would give it probably a five. Uh, then, and that, that that's an educated five, meaning I meaning I understand the certain aspects of it and what they were trying to do. Um, but if I was just like a if if I was a you know an eight year old or if I was a fourteen year old kid, I should say, and I saw this, I'd be like one. Okay, right. So if if you if you were to uh, give an eight and a half back then and a five now, that makes an average of six point seven five. Could you live with that? I can live with that. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, for me, uh, yeah, um, I agree with everything you just said there. I mean, the it looking at it now, or if a, if a child today watched it, they would think, oh, but yeah, the rocket is a very very simple design, but it is a classic design. Um, and, um, and it's got a lot of charm to it as well. The tabletop miniature I thought was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just let down by those monsters. <laughs> it, it, it really is. So, um, because of that, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the math with my com- calculator at the same time. Um, I'm giving it a seven. All right. Okay. Which according to my math, if, if, if I, uh, if I, done this right it it ends up with a 6.9 okay okay which i don't i don't i don't think that's too bad considering it's something from 1936 being viewed in you know 2017 um that that's quite higher and and you know on the facebook page as as this uh, i'm doing a, a a listing of all the ratings and each time an episode comes out you know there's a new the latest one will slot in um 6.9 is actually quite high and and it's going to be interesting to just see where it sits amongst uh, uh, other special effects sequences yeah it's i mean with this this obviously was a template that just about every film that came after it, uh, it was influenced by. So if you're going just two, two or three years later with Wizard of Oz, mm. I mean Wizard of Oz had the had the benefit of color, but they're using a lot of the same things in this. And that it's just Wizard of Oz feels 
fresher because it's in color. You know, the when you have the you know you've surrendered Dorothy, it's the, kind of the same sort of stuff. You know, the house is just a miniature that's spun around on a wire. Um, so it, it really is the same concepts. Uh, and, but I think if you were to ask people rate the rate the um, the effects of this versus Wizard of Oz, I think they would give Wizard of Oz really high marks and this one really yeah. low marks, even though they're using the same concepts. It's just Wizard of Oz had has had better uh, better film stock, the color, more money, and more and a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think that's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay. Well, that's us just about done, Tim. Um, thanks for your time today. Oh, no, it was fun. Uh, this is awesome. Um, before you go, um, anywhere people could reach you? Well, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Uh, if, you, if you were to find me, Tim Spaulding, on Facebook, you can always send me a message. I don't post a whole lot of movie or sort of stuff on there. I usually just use Facebook for for a photo album but um through our through the podcasts uh star wars and character and past the popcorn both of those have facebook pages um so if if uh if you guys are listening and you've never listened to either of those star wars and character we talk about uh our um each each episode is is dedicated to a particular character or concept from star wars from the from the films and then uh past the popcorn is myself and Chris from Neo's as giving our reviews of current films out in theaters. Uh, so, but those are the, those are probably the two best ways to follow uh, the other things that, that, uh, that I do. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again, Tim. Um, and thanks to anyone who might be listening, go across to Facebook and Instagram um, to see um, pictures that we'll be putting up from this show and see you next time. Bye-bye.